One of the things I like to cover on this channel are the warnings from approved mystics and saints of the church regarding the great chastisement and the evils of our time and the evils that are coming. They can be illuminating as well as entertaining, quite frankly, if nothing else. But we don't need to turn to the mystics of the church and approved apparitions of Our Lady to tell us that things are very, very bad at this moment in the Catholic Church. We know things are bad. I'm not even talking about the ongoing crisis dominating the headlines whenever the church comes up in media conversations. I'm talking here about the absolute state of the laity. The state of the laity is so bad that the social media is now becoming a hotbed of satire for the various stereotypes of faithless Catholics, all of which work because they hit so very close to home. If you don't believe me, then you haven't seen the latest data reports showing that up to 75% of Catholics in the pews are either material or formal heretics. Let's dive into the latest research numbers, but before we do that, let's have a sidestep into a brief Catholicism 101 moment and define what material and formal heresy are and their differences. According to Catholic.org's online encyclopedia, heresy is defined as, quote, heresy differing from apostasy. The apostate of fide abandons wholly the faith of Christ either by embracing Judaism, Islamism, paganism, or simply falling into naturalism, meaning atheism, and complete neglect of religion. The heretic always retains faith in Christ. Heresy is opposed to faith, schism to charity, so that although all heretics are schismatics because loss of faith involves separation from the church, not all schismatics are necessarily heretics, since a man may, from anger, pride, ambition, or the like, sever himself from the communion of the church and yet believe all the church proposes for our belief. Such a one, however, would be more properly called rebellious and heretical." End quote. In other words, heresy comes from denying one or more dogmas of the church, and by denying dogmas, you deny the faith, obviously. Many of these heretics retain their faith in our Lord Jesus Christ while denying the dogmas of the church. If you want to know what that looks like in practice, you've probably already experienced this many times in your life. Have you ever met that person who gets angry about all the rules the church has for living a Catholic life, or for even attending and participating in the Mass in a reverent manner? That attitude is at least part of the foundation of the heretic, for it is a denial of the teaching authority of the church itself, and a denial for our need to submit. So when someone says that they don't care that the church actually forbids a laity to raise their hands in the orans position during the consecration of the Eucharist, as the priest does, or to mimic in other ways the gestures of the priest during the Mass, including during the Our Father, you're seeing the underlying attitude of the heretic. That's not to say that people who engage in this behavior are heretics, to be clear. It's the underlying principle that feeds into the beast of heresy, for heresy relies on a rejection of the authority of the church itself. Remember, on the various complex issues of the faith, you don't necessarily need to understand them in depth so much as submit to them, though as sacred scripture does tell us, we should be prepared to give a vigorous defense of our faith when needed. As we'll see in a moment, the issue we're talking about is the real presence and transubstantiation, which the overwhelming of majority of Catholics reject. But first, let's look at the two kinds of heresy, material and formal. Material heresy can be defined as when a person holds an opinion that is objectively contradictory to the teachings of the church. That is, they hold an opinion that is heretical, but without the person who has that opinion knowing that they're wrong. This is a position of ignorance. There are numerous ways of being a material heretic, including having been raised or taught erroneously in a theological environment polluted with modernism, especially of the, tel of the Teilhardian variety, which permeates the church today. 
Most public Catholic figures in the mainstream media or even in some of the alternative media hold to these views to some degree. To be a material heretic requires the person guilty of material heresy to be ignorant of the teaching of the church itself on whatever issue it is that they're in error about. That is, they don't know that they're wrong and as such have limited culpability for their error. To a degree, material heresy applies to rather basic church dogmas, though is up for debate. For as we'll see in a moment, most Catholics deny the truth of the Eucharist. In a strict sense, a material heretic may not be a heretic at all, as charity requires that error be corrected by those with teaching authority in the church, or even by you and I, when the opportunity arises and when we are fully capable of giving a defense and teaching moment of the faith. Formal heresy is when a person holds of a heretical opinion and is fully aware of it being against the doctrine of the church. To give you an example, anyone who holds to sola scriptura or denies the real presence or the need for the sacrament of confession is a formal heretic. They are subject to excommunication from the church if they persist in their heresy. And to avoid this punishment, they typically must publicly repudiate their error being, before being permitted to access the sacrament of confession in order to be fully reunited with the church. Heresy destroys the life of faith in the person, which is the most serious crime a person can commit given the eternal consequence of faithlessness, which is why at times the church dealt extremely harshly with heretics. I'll be the first to say that I gave you a very brief overview of heresy and what it is. You can certainly find more comprehensive takes on heresy if you need. But I think what I provided here is sufficient enough for us to proceed to the news of the day. And for those of you who stuck around this long, I thank you. It is greatly appreciated. Now, what was the point of all that? The polling firm Pew Research released the results of a new poll this week showing that only 26% of Catholics under the age of 40 actually believe in transubstantiation. These Catholics know the church teaching on transubstantiation and they simply disagree. That makes them formal heretics. Another 50% of the faithful don't know what the church teaching is or are unsure, making them material heretics. To quote the Pew article that showed their findings, quote, in fact, nearly 7 in 10 Catholics, 69%, say they personally believe that, the, that during Catholic Mass, the bread and wine used in communion are symbols of the body and blood of Jesus Christ. Just one-third of U.S. Catholics, 31%, say that they believe that during Catholic Mass, the bread and wine actually become the body and blood of Jesus. This is the state of the Church today, with the lady utterly ignorant about what the Church teaches or, far worse, knowing and not caring while still receiving the Eucharist on a regular basis. Those who know what the Church teaches on the Eucharist and who don't care are essentially Protestants in their thinking and behavior. This is one of the driving factors of what, for why you see long lines on Sunday for Holy Communion and short to non-existent lines for confession, and as a consequence, why confession times are short and maybe weekly at most parishes. The lady simply aren't going to confession because they don't believe in the necessity of that either. It's pretty rare that a heretic believes in only one heresy anyway, with belief in multiple heresies being pretty typical. If my hypothesis is correct, then those who don't go to confession likely believe in the Protestant error that sins ought to be confessed to Jesus directly in private prayer, not to a priest who is in persona Christi. This of course begs the question, why would people like this not accept that they are in fact Protestants and why do they insist on staying in the Catholic Church? Is it from a family history of being Catholic? I can't help but wonder why people would stay in the church if they ignore or reject the church's central teachings on what happens at the Mass. If you wonder how this could have happened, ask yourself this question as a start. When was the last time you heard a homily given at Mass on Sunday about the Eucharist and why it is the body and blood of our Lord? 
When was the last time you heard a homily about the need to go to confession and to be in a state of grace when receiving the Lord in the most blessed sacrament of the altar? When was the last time you heard a homily about the consequences of receiving the Eucharist unworthily? It's probably been a while, hasn't it? Blaming this on poor catechesis is an easy answer, but this goes much further than that. We hear about how poorly catechized everyone is all the time to the point where it's almost become a meme in the church itself, or worse, an excuse for a lack of understanding of the faith. But I'm going to propose a more basic reason for this problem. Many priests don't believe in the real presence either, though they know better themselves. If they have believed, they'd show more reverence at the Mass. They talk and teach about how the Mass is a holy sacrifice, and they teach the faithful about the need to go to confession before receiving our Lord in the Eucharist. And why do I say that? Because if they believed that they had the power to be an instrument for God to make, turn common bread and wine into the body and blood of our Lord, they would be in awe of that, and they would teach about it as often as they could or at least as often as would be prudent. In his work, Against Heresies, St. Irenaeus said this of the Eucharist, quote, But what consistency is there in those who hold that the bread over which thanks have been given is the body of their Lord, and the cup his blood? They do not acknowledge that he is the Son of the Creator. How can they say that the flesh has been nourished by the body of the Lord and by his blood, gives way to corruption, and does not partake of life? For as the bread of the earth, receiving the invocation of God, is no longer common bread but the Eucharist, consisting of two elements, earthly and heavenly. End quote. In his day, which was the mid-2nd to early 3rd centuries, the church was dealing with the problem in reverse. People believed in the real presence, but denied the full divinity of Christ. It's kind of a weird position if you think about it. Today, many of the so-called faithful reject the real presence, but believe in the divinity of Christ, or at least profess it, typically in Protestant terms, since Protestantism permeates Christianity in the West. I'm a firm believer that the, faithless, the faithfulness or faithlessness of our pastors will be reflected in the life of faith of the laity. The holier our priests and bishops, the holier the parish will be. So at the risk of turning into a broken record, the lack of belief in the real presence is the result of materialism and the heresy of modernism, for materialism turns our focus from God to the flesh and the world, while modernism is the synthesis of all heresies, and at its core reduces the life of faith to the personal experiences of the person, which is why the Catholic charismatic movement was able to take off after the council, and why you see the faith presented in many parishes in ways designed to evoke feel-good emotions and responses from the person, while not ever offering conviction of the individual or challenging the individual and community to go deeper into the mystical life of faith. When the hierarchy have sacrificed the devotional life for a faith life built on notions of activism, emotions, and, ex and acceptance of virtually all sin, we shouldn't be surprised that the real presence is denied. If you want to strengthen your faith in the real presence, I would recommend first making frequent use of confession. Quote, go twice a month if you can, or more often if needed. Many of the great saints went weekly. Second, seek out Eucharistic adoration. If exposition and adoration of the Blessed Sacrament is not available in your area, see if you can at least pray in front of the tabernacle on a regular basis. These acts of piety will strengthen your faith and can make up for any deficiencies in your faith life due to bad or just poorly formed priests. We've long since left behind the ability of relying entirely on our pastors for our faith formation, which might be the real fruits of the so-called springtime of Vatican II and the revolution it wrought on the church. Of course, one last suggestion here. If you know people who are guilty of these errors, correct them and do so fraternally and with charity, of course. It may be the greatest act of charity you can ever make because you'll be sparing someone from the consequences of that error if you're successful. Thank you for listening and for your support. It does mean a great deal to my family and I. 
please pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.